The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Women's Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericawomen.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff and management. Do you have aspirations to be a leader in your business or organization? Welcome to Leadership Stars with your host, Linda Patton. Each week, we feature true leaders recognized in their fields who provide insight and ideas in creating a strong team and how you can become an effective leader. Now, here is Linda Patton. Welcome, and it's so great to have you all here. And I am your host, Linda Patton. And I have to tell you, the woman that I have on today on the show is someone that I have admired from the day I met her. And the day I met her, she was on stage before me. And it was this vibrant, energetic, athletic, just amazing uh, presentation. And I turned to my friend and I go, and I have to follow that. Uh, To be honest with you, it was wonderfully intimidating. But I've come to know my guest, and I find her to be this wonderful, heart-based woman who really inspires people to be their very, very best on stage and to tell their story in such a way that it resonates with everyone in your audience. So let me tell you a little bit about her. She's the author and founder of The Way of Joy, a spiritual fitness program. She's a a transformational speaker, obviously, uh, a life-changing workshop leader, a show-stopping theater performer. And I have seen her perform. And again, I was blown away with the heart and the vulnerability that was in her performance and the fact that she could inspire everyone in the audience and really bring them into her life. She's also the creator and producer of sold-out live events that change people's lives, and I love this, in a New York Minute. And so I'd love to introduce you all to my very favorite friend and inspirational woman, Vicki DeLaGioio. Vicki, it's so great to have you on the show. Oh, I've been looking forward to this for so long, Linda. Thank you so much for your kind words and uh, being an inspiration to me. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. So this month's uh, series of programs are, is really around women who influence you. Um, and I, I can tell you that from my side, the woman who influenced me the most was my mother. And she was truly a community leader before that term was ever coined. And she had a, a group that while she didn't have any positional power with, she had to influence on a daily basis. And they all loved her. It, it was just, To me, it was just an amazing thing to see and to hear and experience, especially in a time when women were not generally seen as a leader. So, Vicki, I know there's, there's some woman in your life who has been an inspiration to you. Tell the audience a bit about that. 
Wow. You know, I, there's, there's, there's so many women who influence and inspire me on so many levels. Um, but when you said your mom, I thought, oh, yes, my mom. Uh, <laughs> and what I was thinking about is not so much that she was a community leader, but she um, was somebody who, uh, she's one of these people who would roll up your sleeves and get it done. And I feel like I've been more and more influenced by her the older I get. She's uh, she's now 95 and fading, and as she fades, I feel myself sort of almost viscerally absorbing this, what I think of as this Baumgold energy that says, I had a conversation with her, and I said, what did you do when you felt self-doubt? And she said, I just asked myself why, and then I would have all these reasons, and then I'd say, well, why not? And she would go back and forth between why and why not, and that's become a mantra for me when I'm in those places where I'm spinning or feeling like I'm not doing what I should be doing or that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. I think she, I think I love starting with my mom as being somebody who's inspired me the most. I just love that. Of course, that, you know, there's yeah. other people. <laughs> yes, and we'll talk more about some of the other ones as well, uh, but I, I think that's uh, that's just so powerful. And, you know, there, there is that old phrase that says, we become our mothers. And, you know, yes, you look in the mirror yes. and you go, oh, there she oh, is. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I remember one time when I was, I must have been about 13 or 14, you know, that age when it really, individuation really matters. And mm. she took me to her hairdresser to get a haircut. And she cut my hair like my mom's. And when I looked in the mirror, I burst into tears and I wailed. You, I look just like you. And now I feel so oh, yeah. good when people say, "Oh, you look just like your mother." I think, "Oh, that's great because she has a she's a, a beautiful spirit." Mm, that is so special, and I and I really appreciate the fact that she's what ninety four. You said ninety five. Yeah, ninety five. Yeah, my mother in law yeah. is is turning ninety four this year. Unfortunately, my mom we lost at seventy one, but still mm. she she still has a powerful influence on me on a day to day basis. And I, I, um, I yeah. just love that uh, honoring our mothers feels like it just feels like such an important thing. I, I think mothers, you know, have ca- carried the brunt of a lot of criticism, and you know what you know what is it that your mother did wrong, and all this stuff. And I I love the I love taking a moment to just say what did she do right? What is what is it that really you carry forward from her? What's her legacy for you? Exactly, and I and I you know as I wrote my book and I've done my programs, she's always been there to say mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, mm-hmm. and to really foster that. And I, I think that's just, it, it is, it's very, very powerful because we do malign moms um, so much as we grow up because we want to separate from them. Um, yes. and so, in some respects, I remember a comment that was made to me about, um, you know, my sister got dad as, you know, the, the favored child and I got you. And she was, <laughs> she was of that age that it, it didn't bother me, but it was sort of, Oh, okay. So I'm chum change. And she said, no, no, no. And, you know, as, as she's gotten older, we've become very close. And she said, no, that isn't what I was thinking. Uh, but, you know, dad was so different from us and you were more like us. And so we wanted that differentiation in our life at that time. And I, I just think that's also very powerful is that we sometimes gravitate to our dads to have a different viewpoint than we get from our mom. Yeah. Yes. 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 Absolutely. And Vicky, I know you are are very big in the Qigong world. In fact, you're in the Women's Martial Arts Hall of Fame, which I think is just 
Wow. Uh, <laughs> uh, to actually know somebody who's in a Hall of Fame, it's it, it, it's just, it's really, um, it, it makes you, for me, it makes our friendship even more special is the fact that I can honestly say that I know somebody who's a Hall of Famer. Uh, and, <laughs> and so I'm curious, who inspired you to step into the world of Qigong in such a way? Oh, who inspired me to step into Qigong? I had a teacher when I was um, uh, in college whose name was Katya Delakova. She's inspired me in so many ways. Uh, she's no longer alive, but one she was um, she was uh, one of the senior students of Feldenkrais. It was Moshe Feldenkrais. Mm-hmm. She also yes. did Qigong and Tai Chi Chuan and uh, Aikido, a lot of different martial arts, and also did sort of a whole movement. Um, what would I call it? A movement system that I I I became one of her senior students. Uh, she was she was an amazing. Amazing person, uh, and I think that more than anything, what she did for me was she taught me how to teach, because I think, you know, yes, I'm a speaker and I'm a performer, but I'm also a teacher, and I think that there's something about how do we, as teachers, draw people out uh, from place sort of a sense of lifting up as opposed to unilateral power of teaching, you know, this is what you do, and this is what you do next, and this is what, instead of that, to really mentor people from a place of, of deep respect and peer, kind of a peer attitude. I think she's been a huge influence with me, and I, I realized I hadn't even thought of her until you asked me that question. So I think that as I entered Qigong, the, um, you know, basically the style of Qigong, because I've been doing it for well over 40 years now and with various systems and various teachers, I've created my own integrative um, process or my own integrative system, and I learned that from her as well because she was drawing from Feldenkrais, she was drawing from Aikido, drawing from Tai Chi Chuan, from all of these different things, and creating her own system. and And that's where I've gone too. Is I've just looked, given myself permission to draw, you know, let let it come through me in a, in an original way. That and and I've I've been to sort of the final presentation in in one of your classes and the women who got up and and told their story with movement as well I mean you, when you teach you also teach them how to embody this story if I understand it correctly and watching people that I've known for a long time and I've heard their story to see it as well as hear it was extremely inspiring for me and so oh, I, I, I think what you do, do creates that. So tell us just a little bit more about how you inspire your class to actually step into their story, not just tell it, but embody it. Right. I, I feel like that, for me, that is such a critical thing of what makes, um, that sort of makes a story pop is when we actually let it land inside of us in a deep way. And I recently had kind of a breakthrough about this because I really have two branches of teaching that I do. One is the Qigong, uh, which is just basically learning these different types of energy patterns and how to move energy in your body. And what I found is that when people do qigong, it brings the it brings them forward from the inside out. You know, when people talk about wanting 
women to shine or to go into their star power or whatever, that, that when we go, you know, go through the energy pattern, there's an internal, some almost seismic shift or sea change that happens that makes you come forward more as you. So that's one branch. And then the other branch is the teaching that I do for people who are speakers or storytellers, whether they're artists or visionaries or leaders, whatever they, you know, whatever, however they manifest in the world, I teach them how to tell their story uh, so that as they step forward and they're really doing it so that their audience can feel what they're saying, not just hear a bunch of words, that they're really conveying it through every part of them. That process of how I teach them really leads them to go inside really deeply, and that creates that change. So there's the same way with the Qigong, it goes from the inside out, and with the Rockstar Speaking programs, it goes from the outside in. And I realize those are my yin-yang, that's my yin-yang, right? Because if you think of the yin-yang symbol, there's a little yang in the yin and a little yin in the yang, there's little dots of dark in the light and light in the dark. Um, but that's, that's, that's how I'm balancing that internal that, you know, how do we have the internal match the external in a very concrete, visible way? Is that uh, a very again, esoteric answer? Yeah. I'm sorry? Was that very esoteric? No, actually, that was very <laughs> grounded. I like it. Oh, good, good, good. Uh, and, and, and the interesting thing is that, that I see that in, in your students. I've, I saw that with you on stage, in, in essence, embodying that uh, outside, inside with the story about your dad. And right, it was right. it was it was a very moving story. Even though there's a lot of anger in that story, it was also very moving as as you moved through uh, the transformation. Yeah. Yes, I think of it as a redemption story, or you know, yeah. it was a story of reconciliation. You know, the sense of having been disowned by him for much of my adult life, uh, and then coming to a place of peace at the end, where we were communicating and recognizing one another in a different way. Yeah. I, I, again, I, I, it was so heart-based. It, it was difficult to watch, and I'm sure it was difficult to experience, but the power in it made it so worthwhile being there. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and again, it's, another, it's a place where you inspire, and I admired um, what you mm-hmm. did mm-hmm. and, and the, and the risks you. that you took in putting that on stage. And I love Qigong, um, the whole idea of moving energy. And and you mentioned something about an audience I'd like to you to sort of hear this, is that women hide and that truly with the Qigong and moving that energy, they get to, to really bring the inside out and to be out there. And so you know, Vicki, that I talk about women as being reluctant leaders that yes. we don't want to be, quote, branded with that title. Right. And, and again, right. in some respects, it's not being attached to the masculine. And, and so mm-hmm. I think it's, it's interesting that your work allows women to make that shift, to step out, to own who they are, and to own their leadership and recognize the fact that it's just skills that you need to learn. And exactly. with that, you can make transformation, Right. Definitely, and it's just a step by step. It's a, it doesn't have to be overwhelming. It doesn't have to be, you know, um, doesn't have to rip you apart. You can mm. you can do it in a way that's authentic to you, and um, still really come out on a whole other level and have a whole other level of influence. And, and you know, I've I've gotten. I feel like the you know the people that I work work with, students who've studied, you know, done the rock star. I feel like a hundred percent that that's happened. People have come out in a whole new way, and it's been 
so inspiring for everybody to watch them and for them themselves to feel who they can really be, to really step into that. And that's one of the reasons I love the work you do, Linda, is because you're really inspiring women to take it on because we, we need women leaders. We really do. Yes, and I know in, in the next segment, we're going to talk all about women's leaders. Um, we're not quite ready to break, but I would love sort of like, um, so sort of one last look at, you know, are, are your women at all phony in their performance? Because, you know, you can get into the performance mode and actually you back out of it and it becomes a character. So one quick thing about how do you keep them from becoming a character as opposed to it being really them? Um, well, if you're talking about the process of how I do that, I uh, I do a lot of guidance and directing with people. I'm, I'm very, very hands-on. So when people take programs with me, they're on stage a lot, and I'm on there with them directing because what I, for some reason, I seem to have the skill of being able to listen deeply to what is the essence of a story. And I think, you know, when we have stories that really are what we, what, you know, who we have become, they're, 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 they're hidden from us. It almost takes an outside eye to be able to see it, to reflect it. So I ask a ton of questions and I just bring out more and more and well, show us this or show us that. And so, and then I'm able to piece it together in a way that has a coherence. But I think that, you know, like you said, women tend to be reluctant to let that shine. And I think it's also, they end up not really just being able to perceive it, you know, for whatever reason, when we're talking about ourselves, we don't quite perceive who we are. I, I'm able to dive in and, and ask people to go deep. And people do go deep because I really don't like, I mean, I'm a theater performer too, right? So one of yeah. the things I really like is, you know, what is, you know, what is charismatic on stage? What makes something work on stage? But not okay. in terms of razzle-dazzle, jazz hands, how can you do a good showmanship thing? It's not that right. at all. And Vicki, I'm, really I'm going to ask you to pause, take a pause. Yes. And yes. we're going to let our audience take a real quick break. And when we come back, we'll, we'll finish this powerful piece about hiding and how Vicki brings that out. And then move into how that works in leadership as well. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Voice America Women's Channel, a leader in the forward movement of women's success. Linda Patton draws from her four decades of leadership experience and her heartfelt passion to show women how to lead, dream, and create what inspires them. Her signature training programs and workshops will guide you through the key skills you need to own your leadership power, build your resources, plan your path, and take the actions that will translate your vision into reality. Start by scheduling a free, no-obligation, 30-minute strategy session with Linda Patton. Contact her at Linda at dare to dream with linda.com that's linda at dare the number two dream with linda.com have you friended us on facebook yet why not just go to facebook.com forward slash voice america or search for the keywords voice america once you are part of our facebook network you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows this week's featured guests and new happenings at the voice america talk radio network and you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline just go to facebook.com forward slash voice america or search for voice america Voice America Women's Channel, a leader in the forward movement of women's success. You are listening to Leadership Stars with Linda Patton. 
To reach the show today, please call 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. You may also send an email to Linda at daretodreamwithlinda.com. Now, back to Leadership Stars. Welcome back. And I'm here with the most transformational leader that I have had the experience to be with in the recent past. And she is just an amazing performer. She's a fantastic trainer, teacher. And she was just telling us about how she helps women to draw their story out so what's inside can come out and that they can truly shine uh, as, as a leader, as a storyteller, as a performer, as a you know, speaker on stage. And you said that you have this amazing gift to be able to hear the story, to hear deeply, and to be able to bring out what's been hidden from sight, sound, all of that in these women that you work with. So, Vicki, any last words you'd like to say about that? I guess what I, what I would say is that um, that when a lot of times... The, the, you know, there's that whole mess, your mess is your message uh, concept mm-hmm. that entrepreneurs are very aware of, that oh, when yeah. people are trying to hide, you know, I, I usually can feel that this, if there's a story under the story, and that's what I'm always looking for. And then how do we bring it out in a way that feels safe and contained so it doesn't feel like, you know, you don't end up feeling like you're going to be so flooded that your audience has to take care of you or something like that, which would be terrible. But how do we bring out that which is really vulnerable in a, as a source of strength. So that's what I'm looking for uh, when, I, when I'm working with folks. And, and it, I've seen the transformation for some of your students that I've known before and after. And it is mm-hmm. truly almost transcendent where they're never going to feel comfortable stepping back into hiding and step back behind the curtain. That's my, that's my goal. <laughs> <laughs> Keep I know. them out. Keep them out there, yes. And I know I spent a whole lot of years hiding behind curtains and hiding behind other people and really giving them the credit for a lot of the work that I did. And so having actually, you know, looked at it and gone, oh, my God, that's that's who I've been, um, but that's not who I am. And I thank the woman in a workshop who said to me, gee, Linda, you know, I just thought you'd lead us in this exercise it's just something you do you take it on and and you 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 bring us all together and everything else I don't understand how come you didn't and and then I actually started looking at it and going hmm I do (laughs) but never owned it yeah so Uh um I am a woman of a certain age and uh, yeah, I'll join, I'll join you with that. <laughs> Thank you. And you know, we we come out of an era where women were not necessarily leaders, and almost by osmosis, we learned something about leadership, and we lead oftentimes in our everyday life, but don't pick up the the term. We don't really want to be labeled as a leader. Yeah, yes, I'm looking absolutely. at. Um, senior women, I mean, women maybe our age and maybe a little less, who really should be stepping, there's a should word, should be stepping into, you know, powerful positions in corporations, in uh, nonprofits, you know, that kind of thing. And yet, 
we're not seeing the the boomers and the 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 elders stepping into that wisdom and that power. First of all, why is it important for us to do that? And two, what what do you think is a way to help make that happen? Um, I I have a, a slightly different perception. I, I guess I'm thinking I'm thinking uh, of that this is evolutionary. What's happening around women and women's power is evolutionary, and it's there's a paradigm shift that is happening. I mean, when I think about our generation, I'm a boomer. Uh, mm-hmm. That that what we have, the work that we did, as flawed and problematic as it was, really did shift kind of a global consciousness. The women's movement, which along with the black movement and with the mm-hmm. uh, gay lesbian movement and all of the different movements for social change that happened at the end of the 60s and early 70s, hippies, anti-Vietnam, all of these different things feel like it shaped a certain consciousness and that, you know, there's backlash and there's back and forth about that um, and there's there were certainly a lot of flaws in the women's movement about inclusiveness or intersectionality or all kinds of issues, mm-hmm. but it did shift, it did create kind of a groundswell. Uh, and so I think that our generation did that. I believe that our generation did that. And um, so I believe that I feel like I'm seeing more women leaders now than I did when I was a kid, when I was in my 20s or teens. Um, so I do, I do think that, 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 that we have an awareness of how to create change. And I think really the question is, you know, what inspires us to keep going? You know, what, how, do we, how do we continue to follow that beat? How do we continue to support that heart and spirit? Uh, so that, that's how I, I see it. And Vicki, you know, I'd agree with you, especially, okay, I came out of the military, and you, you know that. Uh, and right. we, that whole time period was a huge shift for women in the military, not as much as what we've had currently, but it was the start. It was the catalyst that began exactly. to move us into uh, equality with the men. Uh, and yes. yet, I find, you know, when, when women started to go to West Point, um, the first class was you know, interviewed by everybody. And one of the questions that was often asked is, do you know how you got here? And of course they go, well, you know, I applied and I had, no, 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 that's not what we meant. Do you under, Do you know what the history was that got you to be able to do this? And the answer was no. So somewhere mm. we, we as boomers and as the ones who were there have lost the, the story we're not telling the story, and it and it pervades even later. You know, we integrated, and now we've got women who have gone through the Ranger uh, course, which of course is a course for twenty-one-year-old men. And you know, being a, a woman, you know, they, there's all sorts of prejudice and other things that you run into, and so they've got another piece. But my then my concern is, well, will the younger generation realize what was done there as? as it was done in history. And I think we lose that. And I think that's part of the part of us not continuing that. We're almost like we're resting on our laurels and saying, I did it, we're done. Um, it's now your turn. As opposed to, as you said, what are we doing to continue this? What are we doing to um, you know, continue to be a force of nature and um, you know, bringing women into the boardroom, bringing women into CEO spaces. I mean, still only 10% of those spaces are held by women, and it hasn't changed in 10 years. So what are mm-hmm. we doing to educate to move women up? And what would you suggest? What, what would be your um, ideal 
course in training to move women in, in to get off of our laurels and actually make a push to end you know, our lives with some really spectacular actions. I love that question. I think it's a multi-layered one. And um, oh, yeah. I think, I, I mean, I think that, uh, I mean, I often think about how younger women, you know, that they're standing on our shoulders. Sometimes when I'm talking to, you know, kid, young people in their teens, 20s, and 30s, uh, and I realize that what they take for granted is something that I was part of creating. Yeah. Uh, that, 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 you know, they're standing on our shoulders in a way, um, and they don't know it. Um, and I think that mm-hmm. part of what, you know, this goes to is a, a idea that I, I just recently was, this popped into my head that one of the things that has kept me hidden or ways in which, even though, you know, I certainly have a lot of different successes and visibility, there is some, you know, part of me that's still shy and kind of a pshaw, oh, pshaw type of... <laughs> um, <laughs> no, not you. Yeah, I'm afraid so. Um, Big time, actually. I think it's probably why I do the work that I do, because I understand so well what keeps us, you know, shy and hidden. And one of the things that occurred to me is that I've always known in some ways that the work, you know, that what I wanted to do was be of service, right? I wanted to help create shifts in the world. I wanted to create a culture of reciprocity, of cooperation instead of competition, of, you know, that I always had this as a value, Uh, but that I confused that with servitude. So service and servitude got intermingled in my mind. And so then, so now I've been thinking about, well, and, and then I've been sort of looking around going, yeah, I think I'm not alone here. You know, what is it that makes us go into kind of that bowing forward, leaning forward? Oh, it's, you know, I just let me serve you, but I don't exist. That, that sort of miasma that gets created that uh, feels to me that, I mean, that, and this is, you know, about, about inner work, of course. I'm not talking about what to do in corporations. I'm talking about what do we need to do in ourselves to create that shift. So to be able to move from servitude to service feels really, really critical as, as a way to also own what we have created and that that has the creative spark that generated women talking in their living rooms about how to, how to, how, you know what was what was wrong with this picture uh, to you know spawning what became you know entered every aspect of our lives you know that that creative spark doesn't die that's still in us and so how do we you know how do we continue to and to me it's it's about conversation it's about relationship and most of all it's about telling our stories because I believe that when we tell our stories we create a culture of empathy it's impossible to hear somebody's story when it's told well and from the heart and not feel moved, and that's what starts to allow us to listen across difference, which I think is probably the biggest issue. Yeah, I think that's so very true. And you said something that I thought was interesting about jump-starting um, this, and yeah, I, I think that's that's part of it is, okay, we, we have a new president um, who's, so I think he's restarted his 100 days. Anyway, uh, and there was a huge reaction to him being elected, and yeah. we marched. It almost felt like, you know, the women's rights movement. When when we were marching, we were burning bras, and we were doing all this other stuff. There was that same energy, that same um, feeling of we've been betrayed, and we're not taking it anymore. We're going to do something to move this. And yet, well, especially because we felt like, you know, going backwards. It was like, no, we're not going to go backwards. We're not going back there. We're not going exactly. back to the 50s. Yeah. Right. 
and yet, okay, so we sort of brought up that history of, you know, we've marched, we've done this, this is how we created the women's rights movement, um, how we shifted, as you said, how we brought that shift in consciousness, and yet, what have we done with it in the last two months? And that's not a rhetorical question, Vicki. What have we done with you it in the last answer? two months? I want you to answer that. <laughs> Well, I don't know about you, but what I've been doing is getting people to, again, I feel like for me, you know, and this is just has to do with, you know, what is my talent? What is it that I can do to offer to the big picture? I'm I'm not um, somebody who, you know, is a political activist in terms of, um, you know, creating changes in corporate culture or that kind of thing or changes in the military, which I, mm-hmm. you know, I, that's people like you or people who know something about it. But right. to me, uh, what I've done is that I have gotten more women up on stage talking, mm-hmm. speaking, mm-hmm. influencing, allowing them to, you know, getting getting seen, getting heard. Um, some of them have their television shows now or some of them have their radio shows and, you know, and getting them to tell, the, you know, keep getting that story out there because I feel like that the more, if it, we can create a river of peop, of women's stories, that it, there's no way to put that back in the box. That energy gets unleashed. So I'm thinking about from an energetic point of view as opposed to a political agenda, uh, which is something I did in, you know, when I was younger. But that's not where my focus is now because I really feel like where, where I help the best is to get people out there speaking. So for me, that's what it is, is visibility, being out there, talking, um, and expressing values, expressing our values from the from the inside out, um, and and then connecting with those who share those values to continue to push for change, for shift, for what we need. And that's that's perfect. And, and I think how about you? If, how about yeah, you? How about me? In the last two months, yeah, I'd love to know. <laughs> and I, one of the things that, that that has really struck me is one talking to women, especially those that are coming out of the military now and how do we take that command that we had as officers as senior sergeants um, or whatever it is in, in your particular branch of the service I was army uh, and how do you use that um, to move forward and I to be honest with you Vicki I still want to create if, if it's not there already is a training program for especially millennials but also for those of our age who you know, still say I'm angry and I want to make a change. Into how? How do we? How do we lead? How do we learn how to lead? How do we take those opportunities? What are those opportunities? Where are they? And really, you know, create a cadre of women who are ready to step in. I know I talked to one of the assistant consul generals of Israel here in the Bay Area. And she said, you know, we in Israel had the same problem. Um, our women were not stepping into uh, government positions. They were not stepping into key positions in management. And, and I think part of it, too, is the fact that we say, well, you know, I can't do 99% of the job right now. So, therefore, I can't apply. I can't do it. And to shift that mindset to, hey, do you know 20% of this job? You can learn the rest. Mm, you know, just mm. just take the leap and they actually identified women that they thought from their background, their education, who they were, not necessarily, uh, you know, what family they came out of and that kind of thing, but just what, they've, what they'd shown so far and created a, a leadership training program. And they're at 40% of their government jobs, key government jobs are held by women and they want more. 
And I said, well, what are you doing about corporations? And she said, you know, we don't really have um, influence over them, but it's what we're trying to do is provide a mirror that shows what could be and are constantly asking them and, you know, talking, having talking points and key conversations with folks around that. So, you know, creating a... uh, a, develop, a leadership development program and or a social entrepreneurship foundation that provides grants to cities and schools and colleges who really want to take that leadership in women and do what you've done in essence and get them to tell their story, to see how they can be really powerful in the government, in business, owning their own business, as well as you know, in the schools and with their children. And that's that's where I'm at. I'm actually writing a new book um, on, um, you know, leadership coming out of the military where you don't have command and, and how to shift that, how to use it, but how to shift it. And then yes. I do have to tell you, I have a, a leadership inspiration program that comes out in July that provides those key quotes that I want women to hear and men uh, as well, some really good men, and to get a sense of the skills, the fact that you have those, you have the talent, you have the skills, you're just, it's just hidden under uh, a barrel right now, and take the barrel off and let it shine. Mm, beautiful, beautiful. Thank you, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's see, Vicki, where do we want to go with that? Um, <laughs> give me a, a, a just a, quick couple of uh, attributes that you see you know when you bring a student on what are just a quick couple of attributes that you see that says this woman has a story and I know that if I do X Y and Z we can I don't want to say expose it but can bring it to the light and really mm-hmm. make it powerful attributes that the individual individual would have you mean yeah you know you say that you um, you hear and, and you see what is it that that really you look at that woman and you go you have a story and I can see it I can hear it uh but I think the first thing I look at is the attitude that they're bringing uh I, I was thinking about one particular person who when she first came to me, she said, oh, I don't have a story. I don't have trauma in my background. I don't have anything dramatic to say. And she had this whole idea of what a story needed to be. Uh, and as I brought her story out, what I saw was she became more and more who she was, which was hilariously funny, very, very bright, and extremely inspirational. Um and, and, you know, it's not about, you know, it's not always about the obstacles that we overcome. It can be. But it has more to do with what is it that, what is the stamp that makes you unique? So I'm, I would be hard put to say what is the attribute other than something okay. like passion about something or caring about something. or But this person even wasn't really that passionate at that point about her work. She was more just like, and, ah, Vicky, I'm, I don't know. I want you to, I want you to think about Sorry. that while we, while yes. we take take a quick commercial break. And yes. audience, I want you to think about what's your story and how have you hidden it away and how, what would bring it out? And we'll be right back. Thank you. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. 
Let leadership expert Linda Patton be your guide to uncovering the leader that lives within you and that you are meant to be. Through her signature training programs and workshops, Linda takes you every step of the way to help you tap into your personal leadership power, design a clear vision, build a loyal, effective team, and create a practical plan to make your dream come true. Get started now by scheduling a free, no-obligation, 30-minute strategy session with Linda Patton. Contact her at Linda at DareToDreamWithLinda.com. That's Linda at Dare, the number two, DreamWithLinda.com. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Voice America Women. Your passion starts here. You are listening to Leadership Stars with Linda Patton. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. You may also send an email to Linda at daretodreamwithlinda.com. Now, back to Leadership Stars. Welcome back. And I have probably one of the most energetic, bright, uh, and I mean that in terms of a bright star, not just that she's extremely intelligent, um, and someone who transforms women, who takes them from hiding their light under a barrel, putting their their stories on a shelf in a closet and never, never, ever opening that door and has transformed them into these just really amazingly rich, deep, vibrant women who actually have fun being a speaker on stage. And and I think that's just a, a key skill that not every speaker coach has. And that's Vicki Delajoyo. And Vicki, it's great to have you back. Thank you. Thank you. It's wonderful to be here. Um, Vicki, in, in your bio, you made a comment that um, you remind women, people, that joy is your birthright, that it's a fuel, not a goal. And tell me more about that. Oh, absolutely. It's the foundation of the system that I developed that I call the way of joy. And, you know, when babies are born, they are naturally joyful. And when I say joy, I want to be really clear. I don't mean just happy or peaceful or something like that. What I mean is embracing life fully, just grabbing onto it with both hands. So when a baby is, even when it's hungry or sad or mad about something and it cries, it's still there's some way in which it's grabbing onto life. And until that's either, you know, it could be stolen through neglect or abuse or something like that, of course. But I believe that babies are born in that state of embrace. Uh, and I, so I think of joy as the container for all emotions, uh, in, in, including, you know, I'm sure you've been to memorials where you spent time laughing until tears came to your eyes or, or where we were, we're really angry, but it's driven by what feels like 
we care about, what we are passionate about. So for me, that's what, what, what is sort of the foundation of what I look at instead of how can we have joy if we have a right house or amount of money or the right partner or any of that stuff. What is it, what is it that's in us as a life force that we can draw on at any given time, particularly when life is challenging? Mm-hmm. And I have a and lot I'll- of stories about that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, and and I love the fact that you take joy as a secret key to life satisfaction. Now listen to this audience. And the lasting success on your own terms. And I think that is just it's a powerful statement and it would it's a great quote as well. So um joy isn't just the sunny smile and all that cuz it's so easy to hide what's not going well behind that sunny smile and Absolutely. so the fact yeah uh, and i and i see p- people like that who they're always smiling they always look happy and yet it's, it's sort of like it's hard you to, know that there's something else hard, going on back there right it's hard right? to trust that because it's just be sort of slapping a happy face on a pile of problems um mm-hmm. so that and and that's not at all what i'm talking about i'm 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 really talking about something much deeper and much bigger. Um, it's not that, you know, as somebody, it's, it's again, it's not about being happy all the time. It's about really saying yes to what is and then being discerning about what we choose and what we don't choose and then allowing what we don't choose to compost, to let it go to ground and turn into neutral energy and draw it back up again. These are Qigong concepts, but they're, they're, they're very visceral for me. They're very real for me. I know that when I was writing my book, I was like every single thing that could happen that would make me not feel joy happened during that time. Mm-hmm. And I, my book is actually one of these seminal books. It's it's very comprehensive. It's one that uh, is really basically about my life's work um, and, and specific you know things that you can do to access joy as a fuel, stories, philosophy, Taoism, all kinds of stuff in there. But but it's like everything that would make me turn around for my joy basically happened, right? My father died. My mother had breast cancer in both breasts. My One of my senior students died of lung cancer, leaving my godchild alone. I mean, there were so many things that happened. It was became, how how do I access joy now? Not just when I'm suffering, but when people I love are suffering. Well, what does it mean to access joy in those circumstances? And I, which made my book, you know, which all entered my book then and became kitchen tested, right? It's like I, I really can stand in the authority of it because I've really found the techniques that I create work uh, no matter what's happening. And and that's so extremely powerful because I, I do think we get, it's what I call weathering the storm. You get knocked off track because of what life throws at you. And right. you really have a choice. You can either choose to you know, sort of bring that in, experience it, and, and make your life richer because of it. Or you can use it to really beat yourself down and take you into a place you really probably don't want to go and, you know, just continue that spiral down as opposed to using it as fuel to uh, ascend and to be, you know, this this big, powerful woman that you can be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yes. how does your work then in, empower women to take all this on? Oh, um, there, basically, first, there, there's, I guess, these two pieces, right? These two branches of my work, which have become more and more integrated in the last year. Mm-hmm. One is 
coming back to something as simple as your breath, as your ability to stay present, as your ability to say, stand tall so that you're allowing energy to travel through your body uh, so that you can always come back to center no matter what. In fact, I developed a whole program, a virtual program. For women's, it's a women's community, uh, online women's community based on a program called Pivot to Positive, which is a whole bunch of different I mean, there's just a bunch of different skills that you can use to come back to center no matter what's happening. Um, and then the other part is when we, de- when we d- dive in to tell our story, whether we're telling a story to clients or from a stage or to customers or to our families or in our communities or in our church or mosque or synagogue or, or ashram or wherever we might do mm-hmm. spiritual practice, wherever it is, when we are able to tell that story from the inside out, there's no way to do that authentically and not be impacted. I, I think that's, I, I mean, that's so powerful, uh, Vicky. One of the things that that I also talk about is the fact that your life is like a, uh, you know, and it's a colleague's actually reference. Um, and and Evanston says, you know, your life is like a beach ball, and y- what you want is it to be a beach ball that you know you can play with because it's it's totally full, and all the parts are, um, you know working well together and you know it, it makes a, a whole life that's em- embodied and empowered and transformational and, and everything else and when one or two or three of those parts are not fully inflated it it's difficult to cope with life and so it, I, I love the pivot to positive where you know you sort of look at well where is it not working and how and what do I need to do to, in essence, bring it back to center, to bring Hi, it back Linda. to fullness? Yeah? Hi, Linda. I got kicked off the air. Sorry. Sorry. No, no okay. problem. Um, so yeah. what, I, what I was saying, Vicki, was that um, your, your program, the Pivot to Positive, uh, you know, we talk about uh, the fact that life is like a beach ball and that you want it to be fully inflated uh, so that, you know, all the parts are you know, moving in, in synergy and, and connected and this kind of thing. And when one isn't, or two, or three, or however many, it can really throw you off track. And that your Pivot to Positive program helps to um, reinflate those places so that you are well-rounded and positive and empowered and, you know, ready to do your work, yes? Yes, absolutely. Both in terms of your own self, in terms of how you you know, manage your energy yourself and then also how do we, it also allows you to access community because this program includes a whole community piece that allows us to really, um, you know, because I believe when women come together, it becomes synergistic. Yeah, I think women are much, much more powerful um, in community and yet uh, we have a difficult time with that, especially in, in work life where Mm -hmm. uh, we, we become very insular and we become, almost um, vicious with other women um, because of, quote, a competition. You know, I, I, I can't work with you if I don't like you, um, and I don't like you. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, and, it's, it's, and, I mean, that's based on a scarcity model, too, right? It's like I have to climb, I have to climb faster, harder, better, because otherwise I won't get mine. So it's a, it's a scarcity model paradigm. Very much so, and it's also the you know, we're we're quote wanting to uh, be able to take the the stage, take the boardroom with the guys, and so we look at them and we go, oh, that's what you do. Therefore, but they have a whole team 
spirit that we were never raised with. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. That's right. I mean, it, Qigong is an individual sport, and and so is, for the most part, the martial arts, yes? Not, not no, no, I wouldn't say that generally about martial okay. arts. I mean, Qigong, there's parts of it that are, you know, personal practice, and then there's a whole series that's, you know, you're practicing with other people or with somebody else to learn how energy ebbs and flows between you. What is the point of connection right. and where does that ebb and flow? So it's it's a training for both. Right. Uh, but, but, you know, the guys have football, they have basketball, they have baseball, they have soccer. Right. You know, and, right. and at least when I was growing up, we didn't have those. You know, you had tennis and you swam or you were in gymnastics or dance. And I, I have to tell you, when my eldest daughter wanted to take an independent PE in her freshman year, one of the things we had to prove was that dance was a competitive sport mm. and that you could mm. be on teams. And it's like, of course it's competitive. We, you know, we do competitions. We, we, as a dance troupe, you have to dance as a team. And if one part's not working right, the whole team doesn't work. Right, yes. <laughs> but that, that was like something that they didn't get. Um, and so it was, it was very interesting. Anyways, Vicki, um, it has been awesome. And I know that you have a free gift for our, would you, our audience. Would you like to share that, please? Uh, absolutely. Uh, what I have is just a series of three very short videos that you can do basically in 10 minutes or less, but that really access that. Um, this is really about the energy of what allows you to tell your story well, what allows you to um, take a risk when you feel scared, that allows you to come out uh, to a different, le- uh, different level of visibility. Um, and so, so there's three short videos uh, that, that you'll, you can go to the link and find it uh, where I'm, really, I'm just showing you some ba- really basic techniques that you can do and it's easy, it doesn't require any athleticism, it's easy to do, it's fun to do, uh, and it's quick and efficient. So it's just my way of giving you an energy gift. And then, of course, mm-hmm. if you want to know more about the rock stars and, and, and telling your story, I, I do the, that as well. You can just contact me through that link. Terrific, Vicki. Thank you so very much. And I love the, the last comment you made um, on the information you gave, gave me, which was these simple, powerful practices are the secret sauce. Thank you, McDonald's, um, behind <laughs> good energy or good vibrations. And all uh, good vibrations started to, to ring in my head. Uh, <laughs> just really so, Vicki, do you have one last tip to um, give our audience about, you know, inspiration and your story and all of that, just one quick final step or tip. Uh, I think that one tip I would say is if you're feeling uh, intimidated or shy or somehow like you don't have something to offer or if you feel like, you know, yeah, oh, it's, you know, I'm not really there yet or I'm, I need to be better or I need to take more classes or if you, in any of those types of place I would really recommend that you go to your body first uh, as a way not to talk yourself out of those things but rather if you can do what I call stand tall which is basically mm-hmm. stand up if you are able to stand if you're in a wheelchair then you can do the sitting tall but you connect your sits bones to your heels and imagine that you're uh, crown of your head, the very top of your head is lifting, not your chin, you want the back of the, your neck to be long, but the top of your head, and breathe, and allow your solar plexus to relax, 
that stimulates an energy called Wei Qi that allows transformation to happen. It allows something to happen internally where you go from all the I can't to what can I do. I don't and want per- to what Vicky, do I that's want. That's perfect. Okay, and yes. if you want to know more information, connect with Vicki. And if you have questions or you want to see how to dig deeper into the art of hurting cats and you want to know more about leadership inspiration, check out my website at www.dare2dreamwithlinda.com. So until next time, be courageous, dare to lead. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to Leadership Stars. Please join Linda Patton for another engaging edition of our program next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. We'll feature another noted leader next week.